And I'm E. And this is what happens when a therapist and an artist get together to talk. These are the good to talks. Yeah. It's good to talk. (laughs) It is good to talk. Week number one. Week one. That's right. Well, thanks for anybody tuning in. Uh, E and I have been talking a lot about the idea of a podcast. And uh, it all kind of originated out of the idea of... All of our conversations tend to be about these type of things, about self-care. Our hope with Good to Talk would be a place uh, where we get to unpack in community with you as the listeners topics and ideas and themes that help us all kind of understand each other more, help us all grow, and help us all figure out what it looks like to live a good life. And, And our hope is we talk through various topics, things that are on our mind, hopefully things that are on your mind too. Uh, They could be a place we could all look at, grow, and learn from each other. I think also just to kind of like share something that's peaceful and edifying, hopefully, and maybe a chance to kind of explore some of these ideas a little further through conversation um, and to even share some of the things that we find interesting with other people and hopefully build community around that. I I think some of the best lessons I've learned in life over many years has been through just kind of talking through things in good community with good people um, and just being honest and open and, and sharing and being able to kind of say, hey, here's who I am, here's what I think, here's what I feel, and being able to receive that feedback and learn from other people. So I hope Good to Talks is a place to be able to do that as we do that together. Um, Yeah, that we could do that in community, a larger community, uh, even than with each other. I know I've learned a lot over the years talking to you about a good number of things, um, and it's influenced me in some really profoundly positive directions. So, yeah, maybe some of that could be gifted to others along the way. So I don't. I don't know if I uh, if I believe that you've really learned too much from me, but I definitely, I definitely have learned a lot from you. I told you the other day that I um, I was on a work trip and I was working with some people who had just graduated college or who were like kind of in their last semester of college, and they um, were telling me about their lives, and like it was it was really interesting for me to get to speak into their lives and kind of share some weird things that were formative for me and I felt like I was sort of rehaving conversations I remembered having with you at different points yeah (laughs) in the last decade or so and um yeah and it, it was it felt important and like something I wish I was able to share um with more people yeah that's good. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, it was a little rambly. <laughs> no, it's good. Yeah. One of my favorite philosophers of old Zeno of Sidium talks about happiness being a good flow of life. 
And I hope that that's maybe the overall topic and way we can think about our time together here on the podcast and good to talks is thinking about how do we all find a good flow of life? It's something I think that is, it's a big topic that, you know, can take a lot of different forms. I think a good flow of life has been hard here of late with everyone, everything that's going on in the world. And, uh, and that's going to be our first topic today is unpacking self-care in a stressful season. It's been a stressful season for a lot of folks. And I think for us all coming together to talk through, to think through, Hey, what does it look like to take care of ourselves in the midst of that? I think is a, is a good place to start to kick off the podcast. I like that. Yeah. It's been a weird year. It's been strange. Yeah. The thing that it's been on my mind a lot, and as I talk to people and I'm reflecting in my own life, what I've been doing for self-care, it's kind of three big themes that I've been thinking about, um, about what self-cares look like. And I, and I think it all kind of comes back to the idea when the world around us is, is in chaos. You know, I think we, in some sense, look for shelter from that storm and the things that we can control. So we kind of come back in some sense, rallying the troops, sometimes around the simple parts of our lives, sometimes around, you know, ultimately the things that we can find solace in and the things we can control. I think in in threes, sometimes you're probably going to hear me talk about thinking in threes a lot, but I think the three things ultimately that I've been reflecting on that we can control and find solace in are controlling who we are, our identities, controlling how we think and the way we approach our thinking strategies, and ultimately what we do in our actions. And I I think the more, at least at this season for me, the way I'm really coming back to those three over and over again, it's been helpful. You know, it, it gives me a way not necessarily to control the chaos that's happening on the outside, Uh, but ultimately to be able to cope with and move through and take care of myself in the midst of it. Have you, has it been a harder year than like every other year as far as talking to people as a therapist, like in session um, with so much going on? I imagine people are like really glad to hear from you. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's been one of those weird years where like the, the topic isn't necessarily changing and it hasn't been, you know, it's trying to figure out how to, how to cope with a lot of the, the losses of having so much of the, the things we do, our norms, uh, being so ripped away and pulled away, you know, all the different ways we connect with other people and having those connections be so frayed and pulled away and having all the things we do to do, do self-care be so shifted, whether it be going to the gym or going to dinner or, or hanging out. It's been such a dramatic shift for people. I think it's been, it's been a lonely and tough year, um, with some hope on the horizon of, of 2021 being different. Um, but it, it's been hard. Yeah. I think it's been a lot of the similar topics, similar conversations, a lot of, uh, a lot of relationships have been really strained and stressed. So, you know, it's the stuff we talk about often in our friendship, just talking about all the, the moving parts of how self-care has been hard for a lot of people in the midst of this stressful season of life uh, and what it looks like to try to take care of ourselves and take care of the people we care about in the midst of all this. So it's, it's not easy. It's not easy trying to figure out how to do that and do that well. Um, a lot of what I do as a therapist, uh, is talking through that with people. I know a lot of what you do as an artist often is creating things that reflect a lot of that. So yeah, it's, it's a big deal. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Not, not easy.
What do you do? So like in, as, you know, someone who has a ton of proclivities toward the arts, has all kinds of gifts. I mean, I think you have this ability with music, this ability with, with building things and tools, an ability to draw and express yourself in paint and, and even with photography. How have you done self-care? What have been some of the, just the practical things you've done in the midst of everything to try to love yourself well and, and cope? Um, you know what's really strange about that is that in the past, I've really gravitated towards making music towards recording music yeah. like nothing fancy you know you've heard you've heard my music yeah it's like, i love it's it nothing we gotta put that on special. we gotta put that on some of these podcasts <laughs> no it's nothing special but it's like but it's just like a way to kind of like find catharsis and like yeah. move through things that are happening in my world yeah um but i haven't i haven't felt the need so much to do that as as I've been like really present in yeah. in my life, I feel like I've really, I don't know, like the work of everything I'm trying to do right now is learning how to be like the most me I can be and like to be as present with other people and let them be the most them that they can be and, yeah. and like really embracing that yeah. in like, in kind of a, a relative way. Yeah. Um, where it's okay if, if people have different, you know, values or judgments and, um, yeah, I don't know, but it's, it's, I think what it's, it's resulted in is me feeling like I have less sort of stuff to unload. Yeah. I think cause it's like every, every day it's just kind of like the slow trickle of just like, yeah, being there, like being present. And so then it's not all bottled up later. Yeah. Um, for for a music session or something or for a yeah. painting i don't know yeah there i think there's been a theme of simplicity i think for a lot of people when it comes to all this stressful season you we it's really forced us all to really simplify the things we do the people we see uh, the hobbies we have and i think that there's a gift to that in some way it really gets you into that closer to that place of you really kind of have to make some very definitive choices over, yeah, who you see, what you do, how you go about life. And I think there is a weird silver lining of that, of being able to actually look at life and say, huh, what really matters to me? And I think it's some of the stuff you're talking about that I think is a, a really good rallying cry in the midst of all this for people kind of going back to that. What really is important to me and what can I control? And really having to let a lot of other things go. Yeah. You know what else has been really great? Yeah, like letting things go is that 2020 has kind of been a year that has decluttered yeah. my world. Mm. Like, um, I mean, I, I miss all the community of like having hangouts with friends yeah. and like having dinner parties and like just all of it. But I've had a lot more time just to kind of like do things I'm supposed to do. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Which, you know, I like lack discipline big time. Not true. Um, that, that is true. I'm always working on it. That's my. That's one of my goals. I set up goals for 2021, and that's one of them: to be disciplined, to to get to my to do list, and it's good. Finish everything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that's that's huge. I mean, I do think there's this a bit of this reawakening now. We're all hopefully looking towards and saying like, how do we take these maybe simplified priorities to the next year and apply them to to hopefully to grow and I think to to get more of the type of lives we want, you know, I think there's a, there's a gift to that. It's not easy, but I think it's worth 
maybe trying to focus on. I think so. Sometimes it's it's really in this all this. Which side are you going to choose? You're going to choose the more pessimistic side, which is, you know, the world has been on fire and we're just living among ash. Or you're going to try to look more optimistically and say, hey, there's there's a lot of really good things happening on the other side of this, and I don't really fight for and focus on that. I think what sticks out to me in that is how important having some sort of hope is. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. I was talking with a friend about that yesterday, actually. Yeah. Um, where did you land on that? Did you did you find the secret where hope hides? <laughs> no. <laughs> I was like, you know what? I mean, I think I still struggle with some like nihilistic kind of tendencies. Sure. Um, and there there's a fight that happens there internally. Um, but I also, like I said, I'm like so invested. I get attached to the things that like kind of keep you here and kind of keep you moving and interested and hope and hopeful things to like, yeah, to believe in. And it makes, it makes all the difference. I think so. Yeah. How do you, how do you, where do you find hope? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, you know, I think it's such a big word and all that, you know, and I think we can kind of go existential with it, but I really think it's been for me and a lot of the simple things of life, uh, you know, the simplicity of naps and time with family and, you know, I don't believe you never take naps. No, it happens. It happens, you know. It, but For everyone out there, Jeremiah <laughs> is the busiest person on earth. And no, no, never, never too busy for a good nap. But yeah, no, I think it, I think it, it comes in those kind of forms and the, the people you love, the, the simple things that we get to do, the, the simple joys of life and those connections that, that I think really have been a bit of a focus for most of us, you know, the, the, the sleeping dog in the, in the other room or the the simple projects around the house or the, you know, we've recently got into like doing jigsaw puzzles at home. And, and as silly as that sounds, right, this I weird antiquated thing that's from another time, it's just been this thing to kind of do with the kids and kind of rally behind and, and kind of focus on together and not feel so pulled to have to be everywhere doing everything, even though there's still, of course, things to do. But yeah, I think it's been oddly enough in some of those simple things. Yeah, it really is that it kind of brought... Re- refocusing on the the internal things and, and choosing to to focus on those rather than all the the stress of maybe all the external. If that makes any weird sense, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> There's also an inside joke happening where every time we say that makes sense, it's because Jeremiah secretly employs that phrase all the time in his day to day. To move conversations forward. No, hey, but it's it's a it's a golden phrase, hey, because you know, it does make sense. Yeah, <laughs> it's a good one for all of us to use to to empower others to continue to communicate to let them know we're listening. Right? It's very validating. Yeah, it's good. It should be. Yeah, yeah it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I think the big picture of um, yeah this trying to figure out how to keep battling back stress. So hopefully it's a lesson we all can keep working into because, I, again, stress doesn't end with the midst of 2020s. Stress doesn't end in the midst of getting vaccines, you know, and, and the world reopening. Stress is going to find us. And, I, you know, I think a big thing I think a lot about, I'm trying to learn more of myself of what it looks like to control the things I can control and to find joy where I can find them and to not get so pulled out to sea by a lot of the stressors that, you know, sometimes there's the way I'm looking at things. 
I just realized, like, as you were talking about stress, and again, kind of outside the context of just 2020 and all of its weirdness, um, yeah, I definitely, like, the beginning of this month, the beginning of January, I guess we're technically in February now. Yeah. Um, the beginning of January, I was, like, super stressed out. Yeah. Um, but I just had, like, tons of work, like, way too much work. I was like, wow, I wish this work was spread out over a couple months and not yeah. just, like, a few weeks. Um, and I think one of the biggest things I, probably the two biggest things I did to de-stress during yeah. that time was some alone time, yeah. <laughs> like just kind of quiet space and that like in the evening or just before I went to bed, I think that really helped. <laughs> and then also just kind of like leaning on my friends, yeah. um, being able to talk it out with, you know, the roommate or call you up or like, you know. sure. um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think that that's huge. I mean, I think it really is that sometimes the simple answers of really focusing on what is it that you love to do and really prioritizing that and really saying, I'm going to really fight to bring that into existence today and really say, who do I love uh, and who gives me life and really, again, work to bring that person as much as you can into the day, you know, I think sometimes those things can be, yeah, what get us through. I just realized I, I love myself. I had to like love myself in those moments. Yeah. And then also had to accept love from other people. That's huge. Yeah. I think if you're doing that, you can overcome a lot. All of us can. I mean, I think in some weird way, if there is a, a secret to life, it, it might be that. It really just kind of, I think, I think it's so crazy because I know for myself and you and, and a lot of people that I talk to, I think the thing that we can become so disconnected from is some of those simple questions, right? What does it mean to love yourself and love others? What is it, you know, where are the places where you get the most life in those ways? And I think it's so weird, even in my own life, I can kind of go through a week and realize like, I've not even asked myself those questions, you know, I'm just kind of, you know, blowing and going, so to speak, as one of my professors used to say, you know, I'm just kind of going through life instead of really checking in. So I think that slowing down enough sometimes just to ask like, Hey, what's, what's going on with this? Does this benefit me? And, and what am I doing? Yeah. That could yeah. be powerful. Get out of that like frantic yeah, rat race kind of world Yeah, for a minute. Take a deep breath. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that can be super helpful. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, again, it's trying to... Control, I think, gets a bit of a, a bad rap. I think often, you know, the idea that you're too, so to speak, controlling, I think can be sometimes a dig that we would give at people. But I think control is, is one of those things where it's it's on a spectrum, it's helpful. And I think the real help is really where it thrives and where it's healthy is when we can control what's in our locus of control, when we can control what's ours to control. And I think that's actually, in some weird way, a profound source of power. I think it, it only is when we try to overreach with control and try to grab a hold and control things that aren't within our control that it causes stuff like anxiety or depression or frustration. I think those tend to come from trying to control what we can't. So I think it, in this season, that's a question I'm thinking a lot about, like, is this something I can control? Is this something that I'm called to make sense of? And is this my responsibility? And if not, I think that's that place to really work that I've been trying to work to practice acceptance. Something as simple, no joke. And as, acceptance. As, yeah. Something that's is, so much better than how I'm thinking right now. <laughs> You're like, I'm accepting life and I'm like, I'm avoiding it or I'm controlling it through like 
eating a Crunchwrap Supreme. (laughs) (laughs) Those are my two methods. No joke. You you should try this. The next time you're at a red light and, and you're late to just even just practice that word, even like even looking directly at the red light and saying, I accept this. It's so hard. Like it's like the hardest thing ever to do. Why is it something so silly as traffic though? Like literally like it feels like injustice, but it's not. It's just, it's, it's this indifferent thing that's just happening. And I think trying to realize that's out of my control. I do not control this red light. I thus can accept it. It's, it's, it's much harder than you think. Anybody out there, the one person that's probably listening to this, give that a try. It's 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 going to stretch and strengthen your muscles of acceptance. And then maybe yeah. the next time something earnest comes along that you really do need to accept, you might, might be stronger. I think it helps me accept things if I've thought about it before. Like, because I feel like things that I need to accept, like when I think about something that would potentially be something I don't want to accept, it's probably a surprise. Yeah. Um, maybe not like, I don't know, but I think often the things I don't want to accept, they are, they are surprises and it's helpful if I've kind of thought about the thing that I won't want to accept ahead of time and then it feels less shocking and then it doesn't catch me off guard and then there's kind of, you know, the, know. the ancient Stoics had a phrase for that. <laughs> I knew you're going to, you're going to laugh when I, I bring that up. Stay away. Well, you, you baited me in this one. They called it the premeditation of evils. And it's the idea of wow. getting like out tea, in front, like getting out in front of the evils that will avail you. Thinking about it beforehand and practicing that, just what you described, the acceptance of it beforehand, kind of knowing what you're up against, right? And knowing that bad things can and most likely will happen, and being able to come to terms with it before. It's 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 powerful. No joke. It works. I think what's, you're hitting. Some what's the Latin that. for the premeditation? I think it's pre. Also, me and Marcus Aurelius. I, we have really similar thoughts just all the time. I think I it's know. premeditatio malorium. I think I'm out of mis- Malorium mis- is like bad stuff. Yeah, I think so. Bad stuff. Like that mal- sounds like a spell mal- from mal- Harry Potter. What you know some of those? What's is it? What's the what's that one? That, me out. <laughs> what's the Harry Potter spell when he does the? Is it malorium? There's one that has that in it, right? Uh, wow, sure. I stumped you on a Harry Potter thing? I, well, I'm trying to think of a spell that even starts with M. What's a reducto? Reducto, right? yeah. That's one of the spells. I printed out all the spells Why? for my son oh, and my daughter. I made them wands out of chopsticks, and we painted them and had their own like colors, and I got them, they, they made their own wands. And then I, went, I found online, it was really cool, all the different spells and their like Latin names and what the spells did. And for like two weeks, they were going around the house like casting these spells, probably hoping they would actually work and doing something. And they got pretty tired of it when they realized it didn't do anything. I, of course, played the joke on it. It was like, you're not pronouncing it correctly. Once you pronounce it correctly, it's going to happen. Of course, they <laughs> do. Like, it's Leviosa. Yeah, it was Leviosa. <laughs> it's Leviosa. I, we probably still have. I'll, I'll, try to, I'll make you a copy of it. I'll bring it in. You probably would enjoy that. For those for those that that care, he is a is a Harry Potter buff. Am I? Is that that's my new um, yeah yeah descriptor? No joke. Even with that, the, the like the media and stuff, music that that's been a, a place I think of uh, of self care. Some ways I know that those are the things I like to call you know when it when it comes to the self care stuff, the, the healthy disconnects. I, mean, I think sometimes you just have to pull back and enjoy. Just some some of those kind of things, whether it be vegging out with some TV, 
podcasts like like this one maybe yeah. you know just healthy disconnects right sometimes like you said you said earlier one of the things you really found solace in is being able to just have some time to yourself and i think that's huge and i think that, that that's that's warranted sometimes we can feel guilty over that but we need sometimes healthy disconnects in that way and yeah. to take those when needed it's not like i'm doing anything fancy either i mean sure. it's like maybe at my best i'm reading something like reading poetry or something yeah um but at my worst you know i'm like finding the thing I care least about on television and just kind of letting it play in front of me while I kind of just tune out a little bit, you know, yeah. Yeah. and get lost in my thoughts and kind of file things away from the day. <laughs> like, That's good. Yeah, do you have like an end of the day routine? I know that is something that a lot of people have to like kind of no process the day. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. My roommate Ariel and I always talk about this, how much she loves her routine and how much I kind of, my routine is not having a routine. Ah, uh, yeah. You, you change by not changing at all. It's a Pearl Jam lyric. I'm, I'm old. I like, you remember Pearl Jam? Anybody? Eddie Vedder. You used to have a, a ritual at the end of the night where you would like go home, put on a record, I feel like, and like yeah. maybe have like a glass of scotch or something. So that's what I imagine. I sound way fancy in this, yeah. in this reality. You, yeah, you sit with your glass of scotch and your jazz record. Um, the jazz record was right. Yeah, I did. I would go home and put on like an, yeah, the jazz record. We don't do that as much anymore, but yeah, do still need to. You bought me a nice jazz record for Christmas, which was awesome. Yeah. yeah. We've listened to that a few times. Yeah. Have you? Yeah. That's it's nice. great. Yeah. It's a good way to wind down. I love the records because you, it forces you to be intentional. You know, you have to like go song to song and really listen to it instead of, you know, skipping through. I feel like I sound like an old codger right now. Yeah. Like the new technology and all <laughs> ability to skip songs. You, you, but, love, yeah. you love music on your phone too, like sure. Apple Music yeah. or Spotify yeah. or whatever. Yeah. It's super convenient, but something about the intentionality of saying, I choose this, I'm buying in at least for this 45 minutes or at least side A. It's like a little 15, slower, 20. right? Yeah. There's a, there's a whole book about it actually. Oh, that I read. wow. Really? <laughs> Called Re- Revenge of the Analog. Yeah. That sweet, sounds great. Sweet plug for that book. Mm, yeah. Um, but the author said that, I think he said that record sales are actually higher than the, like that there's been more record sales in the last 10 years than there have been in the entire history of records. No, is that adjusted is for inflation? Nuts. Huh? Is that adjusted for inflation? I'm not 100% oh, okay. sure. Yeah. But I think they are doing some really solid volume. I bet. Um, but it, he said it's because it's sort of this peak balance point. Yeah. Between sort of the tactile, physical nature of a vinyl, along with like the quality of analog, if you have a system, yeah. a stereo system that's like good enough to even hear that analog, like yeah. uncompressed sound. But. Yeah, essentially that it's it's the peak of experience, which is yeah. what you're saying. Totally, yeah. right? So there's this intentionality about it. It's slower. You it's not so like commoditized or like easily overlooked. Like it's kind of fragile. Yeah, you're it's, holding it's the record. Annoying. You're holding <laughs> like, the sleeve and reading the, and yeah, touching the it. Yeah, the album art is beautiful yeah. and large, and you can hold it in front of you. And like, there's so much about it that is it's intriguing. Very tactile. Yeah, yeah. I think I feel like that about so much stuff. Like when it comes to like of course, clothing is like that. I know, but you, you know, but there's. I feel like writing is like that for me. Writing, reading. I think all that. I prefer the old school analog. It's because I'm. I, I turned forty one this month. Maybe it's because I'm old, cruising into the forties now. Wow. It's a weird vibe. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not necessarily opposed to it. You know, but I'm. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not afraid 
of moving into it. I think there's a certain joy and wisdom and there's like a freedom of like a letting go of like some of the concerns that I think the, the, of youth, you know, of like, you know, eh. I feel like you're not, I feel like you no. still have a very like young hip life side. I don't know. If hey, I appreciate that. You're, you're too kind, but, the, but it's the, but you know, you, you kind of, like, I print out whole lists of Harry Potter spells. <laughs> yeah. That's how cool I am. Yeah. But you know, like the gray hair and the beard, I feel like my beard's more gray than not gray right now. You just have to, you just kind of embrace it. I think, you know, Hmm. What were we talking about? Control and what, the, the <laughs> idea of what it looks like to, in a healthy way, access control, what it, what it looks like to, in a healthy way, claim control over your life, of your identity, controlling who you are, and you get a choice of that. And I talk about that a lot. Identity is a choice. It's a big one for me, I feel like. Yeah. You get to, you get to choose that. So that control of uh, your, yourself and, your, and who you are, your virtue... Um, I think it, you, you couldn't to, help yourself. I can't help, but I can't help. Yeah, but, but you get to then control what and how you think, and then I think you get to control then what and how you behave. And I think those are all incredibly healthy. Those have been a healthy focus for me. And I think in a season of life where it's felt like there's been a ton of stressful things that have been out of my control. So I don't know. Trying to sort through those, it's been helpful. I think. If I like try to internalize those and take them very personally, which I don't know if that's helpful or not, <laughs> but I think that my whole life I've spent a lot of time trying to hone sort of how I think, trying to get control over how I think and like how yeah. I perceive a situation, like what kind of excuses I make for myself or for other people. Yeah. Um, and I feel, I feel pretty good about like controlling how I think, like I feel I'm a, fairly intentional thinker sure um that's true i think recently i've really tried to get a hold of of my own identity yeah and to really feel like it's mine and i'm not just like being who everyone else around me wants me to be or who the people who are important to me want me to be yeah um and that's been like the last 10 years of my life that has been like a struggle yeah (laughs) that i'm like finally turning turning the corner yeah if that's a phrase. Um, but as far as how I act, I feel like that's just kind of a daily struggle just to like be careful of your actions and like put your money where your mouth is sort of, you know, like to, to to think a certain way and then to also follow through and treat people a certain way or like get control of like, if you feel frustrated in a moment, um, like, you know, appropriately handling that frustration. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I think about that. It's uh, those when it comes to you know, emotions like frustration or sadness or you know anger. I mean, I think all those are. Uh, I think it's not. It's not that you shouldn't feel those. Right. I think they're healthy to feel. It's healthy to feel what you feel when you feel it, so to speak, as I say. But you know, I think it's the idea of that they aren't then um, driving the bus. You know that they're that your feelings are domesticated, that they have a place in your life. They have a place at the table. They inform you about what's going on internally, but then you get a choice on then again, how to act, what to do with those feelings. You know, it's, it's that, you know, it's that red light situation. Again, when you pull up to the red light, you don't control that red light. 
you don't control it. So you get to, it might be frustrating. Maybe you're late. Maybe you're, you know, maybe you're late to something very important, you know. But what do you, how do you act? What do you do? That might feel frustrating, but do you, do you blow your horn? Do you flip the bird to the person next to you? Do you, do you run around it and risk getting a ticket? Or, you know, I think that's a, that's a big, you get to choose that. Yeah. Doesn't mean it's easy though. You know, I think that's what's so hard. The, uh, that's uh, taking care of yourself, living in some sense in a healthy realm of control. It's, it's, it's tricky. It's uh, not easy to do. I think it's really, really easy to fall off the horse. But I, I think for all of us, we do. We have to dust ourselves off and, and get back on. In the in the plot arc of your life, how do you kind of see those three different components of, of your own story? Which one is the hardest? You know, yeah. like which one? You know what I mean? I like, think you said it well in the sense of the... Um, the identity thing is, is really tricky. I think that's a journey that we all are always taking again and again and again. It's a, it's a book you're always reading and learning new things. And I think just having that freedom to, to continue to ask, who am I? You know, and that's this like, if you look at it in the way that it's this beautiful question that you get to kind of answer every morning uh, and reflect on your day every day and say, huh, how did I live into that? And what can I grow and change and do differently tomorrow? It's a, it's a cool way to try to live, you know, to kind of realize that you get these certain number of days uh, to kind of live into that. So, but but I think it's probably that one. I think everything kind of flows from that one. Um, the behave, the act, or how do I behave, how do I act stuff can be really hard. You know, I think as a as a father of two young kids, you know, as a I've seen you like really control. Like, I don't even know if you felt angry. That's how calm you were. Like, where I've seen you, like, in situations where I felt frustrated and, like, you're just so chill about it. Jeremiah and I went motorcycle riding and somebody oh, yeah. hit him on his motorcycle with their car. <laughs> and he totally yeah. just was like, it's okay. Don't, like, it's not a big deal. And it's like, this person just hit you. I think I might have just been in shock, actually. <laughs> I don't know if that was a choice. I think that was probably just some PTSD kind of vibes. Yeah. Well, I, I think this has been this has been fun. This has been helpful. I, you know, I hope it's uh, by no means um, are we here to do anything except kind of talk through, um, yeah, ultimately kind of what it looks like for us to make sense of life and some of the unique ways you do it as an artist. Maybe I do it as a therapist and trying to think through I don't know, maybe some helpful strategies come out of this. Maybe there's some things that, you know, some gold that can be mined from some of these things about, hey, maybe maybe this could be something you could do to, to better yourself, to care more for yourself, to love yourself more, kind of to your point, and, and love others more. I think if that could be, gosh, even if I could walk away from tonight trying to hold on to some of that, you know, it, it was worth the time. Being sort of conscious of your identity conscious of your thought conscious of your or thoughts conscious of your behavior um loving yourself well yeah allowing others to love you yeah so so here that this, that could be a thing we could do together and we could kind of hold ourselves a bit accountable to it to kind of starting our day well i don't know i think this is really i love the starting and ending of your day with intentionality and even checking in throughout i think Again, maybe that's what we were talking about earlier, what it looks like to not just kind of go into zombie mode and live, but to, I don't know, to think through today, how am I going to claim healthy identity? How am I going to lean in and, and grasp and rally behind healthy thought 
and then what am I going to do in action? How am I going to live into that? And then at the end of the day, put your day up for review and say, how did I do that well today? And what can I do not to persecute yourself, but to grow, to say, huh, what would progress look like differently tomorrow? I don't know. Let's, let's, let's do that together. I think that could be really, really awesome. I need help with that. I need, that's, that's a, clearly something I think I could benefit from, and, and maybe you could too. How do you feel about that? I like that. It's always nice to have clarity of mind. Yeah. So a little bit of organized template for how my day begins and ends is always a, a welcome thing. It's good. Yeah. It's good to talk. It's good to talk. Well, I, anybody who's out there that's tuned in, um, thanks. It's, it's fun to, uh, to think about being able to have other people that we get to journey along beside. Um, if you have any thoughts or questions or, or other good to talks you'd like to hear, um, please reach out, let us know. Um, this is a fun project to spend some time um, kind of sorting through what it, li- what it looks like to, to live well in the midst of uh, life and, and stressful things. And I think it, it's, it's a weird, you know, it's a weird thing to try to do. It, there's an art to it for sure. And by no means, I don't think I could say I've mastered it. I don't know e, if you could say that, but it, it's good to kind of be on the journey together. I think if anything, it's that the gift of learning from each other and saying, here's some things I do. Here's some things you do. Um, I don't know, and we can just grow and be, be better humans. So if you have any other ideas for other things you'd want to hear us unpack and talk through here on Good to Talks, feel free to reach out. You can find us on our Instagram called Good to Talks. Um, you can email us at thegoodtotalks at gmail.com or you can find us at our website, goodtotalks.com. Yeah, please be in touch. Thanks for listening. Uh, please tune back in. We'll look forward to, to unpacking with you again here on Good to Talks. And, as always, it was good to talk. It's good to talk. <laughs>